Alrighty, welcome to Racers Alley. Here we are today on a Thursday. We're going to have special guest Kevin and uh, Evan, <laughs> sorry, and Robbie Motor Tire Guy and uh, Wade Boyd has just got back from Motor Motorsports Park Racing, a uh, Moto Guzzi. So uh, give us a few minutes. We'll get right back to you on Racers Alley. Thank you for showing up. Welcome to Racers Alley on Thursday. Today we have uh, Evan Arkush and uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy, as well as Wade Boyd, getting back from Miller Motorsports Park. We'll be right back with you. Thank you for showing up and give us a few minutes to get our shit together. Thank you very much.
Friday. Welcome to Racers Alley, and today we have uh, Evan Arcouche, uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy, and Wade Boyd. Say hello, y'all. Howdy, howdy. Hi, folks. Hello, y'all. Yarry, yar. All right, so this Thursday, you know, it's a great time. Uh, we just had the Manx GP go on over there, and uh, hopefully everyone got out well and healthy, and uh, Wade Boyd just got back from Miller Motorsports Park, am I right? Yeah, sure did. I uh, was up there running a Moto Guzzi, actually, and not a sidecar. Usually I would do both, but anyhow, I'm running a Moto Guzzi. Ended up with a third, it's a third race this thing's ever run. It's sort of brand new. And what a gas. You know, there's a new Guzzi in town. Interesting. So, uh... I guess uh, it wouldn't be the AFM. What organization was it exactly? Arma. Arma. So those guys basically do vintage motorcyclists, am I correct? Yeah. Nice. And yeah. uh, I imagine uh, there's a lot of different type of bikes out there, whether they be uh, old two-stroke 125s, uh, 250s, and everything else in between. A little bit of everything. My competition was a Suzuki and a Honda in line four. I'm the only twin out there. So, uh, what class exactly were you, were you running, Wade? Good question. That's one of the things we're having to learn uh, along with this vintage, but I was running vintage, uh, heavy superbike, and formula vintage. Vintage, uh, heavy superbike, and formula vintage. Yeah, the formula vintage, I actually missed both races for funny little reasons. Um, a teething problems? The, the first one was they took a break, and I, I was the first one there. They said, oh, there'll be an announcement, and there wasn't. So oh, I was late. It's, it's often hard to hear at a motorcycle track, yeah. right? Yeah, it's like, oh, I really wanted to be in that one. But it didn't really look like I was going to be competitive in that class. And then the second one, we did so good, we got a whole shot in our last race. I led the race for a couple minutes, worked my way to third. And then it started getting hot, so I think it was vapor locking. Um, but we got a third. We figured out. I go, there's something wrong with it. So we decided not to go out for the last race. Gotcha. Uh, rather save the bike for the future rather than uh, guess on problems and have even a catastrophic failure. Yeah, exactly. It's the first time it's run that hard. We dropped 18 seconds between the the first hitting the track and the last race and we were totally wow. happy with it 18 seconds i mean that's a, that's a long time to be out there and uh you know as far as 18 seconds go that's that's a, that's a great deal of time to make up yeah so really. i'm now playing with the leaders i can keep them in sight and they know there's a moto guzzi right behind him what was the uh, top speed do you think you were reaching on that bike um what's well, a really short track so okay. Uh, I forgot it had five gears. <laughs> I ran four gears. It's set up for Daytona, and it'll do 150 miles an hour. If I wow. could find a straightaway, those guys would be in trouble. Holy moly. So that's uh, definitely developed. And uh, were you ever all happy with the bike as far as the handling and the response? It's really nice. It's a little long. It's it's a goozy, so it, it shifts like a tractor. It's not Japanese. It. it it's it screams i'm vintage ride me like a vintage bike so you got to be delicate yeah take your time to shift it, it just pulls like a tractor it goes really good but uh the the japanese bikes are like all over the place i can go here i can go there uh, the, uh, this thing's kind of set on it's like it's like a, a ice skate or something but it'll only go particular places because it's so long 
Okay, so back to the, uh, like, uh, well, actually, that's vintage, but I remember those days, like the uh, 82 Lawson days, you know, going through Daytona on the large super bikes with the long, uh, you know, uh, wheelbase where they just kind of would be a, kind of a little flex going through the, the, through yeah. the area. These guys were supposedly designed for the Autobahn, so we built it for the Isle of Man and Daytona, and it's it wants to be on a big track we left our big gearing on we're still learning the gearing there's only three possibilities with goozy well this is your teething on the bike i mean um would this be the second or third time around a course third time out third time out and uh that the, the finished everything went well really good so we had a used clutch in it the first two races and now we have a really good clutch it worked really good i got like i said in the last race i got the whole shot and i even got like a two inch wheelie couldn't believe it a two-inch wheelie on what uh, what do you think that bike weighs uh 400 pounds yeah something like that but it's uh-huh. not something that would w- pick up the front wheel it's like it, it again it's like a tractor is that a shaft drive or is that a chain drive on shaft drive wow so that's a, again that's a whole with, different animal with push rods it's a 1979 yeah classic classic for sure Wow. Uh, guys, we're going to take a, another break here for a second while I figure out where this mousy sound's coming from here in the studio. So hold out for a sec, listen to the music, and uh, hopefully I won't take a bat to this place. All right? Cheers.
right, welcome back to Racers Alley. Uh, kind of figured out the uh, technical difficulties here with the boys, and we'll get back to talking. Uh, we got, uh, again, Wade Boy just get back, getting back from Miller Motorsports Park, uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy, and Evan Arkush, right? All right. Uh, <laughs> Evan uh, actually does a, we've had him here already, and he does a, a monkey moto school. And as far as uh, learning how to ride a motorcycle, that's best man to go to. And a uh, newcomer here today is Robbie Motor Tire Guy. And uh, Robbie, introduce yourself. Hello. Hello. And what do you do, Robbie? What's your, spe- what's your speciality? I change lots of motorcycle tires. Yes. And how long have you been in business? Gosh, going on 14 years. 14 years. I remember when I first met you at uh, one of the older shops uh, called Subterranean Cycles. Uh, originally, they started out over in the uh, underneath workstop, hence the name Subterranean. And then from there, uh, I guess, moved over uh, to uh, Polk and uh, Geary. Uh, Geary and Larkin. Geary and Larkin. Right on. And uh, I guess, um, how, did, how did you end up in that business? I, I, you were a techie originally. Yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, dot-com guy in the 90s and kind of wasn't getting work early 2000 i guess the dot-com meltdown 2001 yeah i was there and uh kind of hanging out for a couple years wondering what's next and uh got my tires changed at subterranean by some australian guy and um became friends with him and about a year later he had to go back to australia and he knew me and he knew i wasn't working and he's like you want to try taking over a motorcycle tire business? And I'm like, hmm, I don't think I'll try anything at this point. Sure, why not? Yeah, I recall those were lean days. I, I was working um, a really fine job with uh, Pac Bell, uh, which I thought would last a lifetime. And uh, when the dot-com came, we uh, ended up putting so many fiber optic lines, it basically ran me out of a job for a decade. Um yeah, so I, I know how it is. All of a sudden, you know, I, I ended up becoming a ditch digger and a mover within the next couple of years. So all of a sudden, you, you're getting these, um, I guess, jobs or, uh, you know, ways of life that you never thought in your life you'd actually do. And here you are. And uh, I guess, you know, changing motorcycle tires is very, very unique. Uh, I don't know how unique it is. It's, it's a gig. It's an all right gig. I like it. Yeah, well, I mean, when you started, uh, there wasn't a lot of motor tire guys. You usually went to shops. Uh, I know a few people in the East Bay and stuff. Now they have, just similar to yourself, uh, kind of garage operations and that, change tires for their buddies and, and that type of thing to kind of supplement their income. But, I mean, uh, you you basically made it your livelihood. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I mean, how many years now? 14 14 14 years of well there wasn't five star Yelp reviews back then it was more like word of mouth and, and such like that uh, and uh, you, you had a great following and then Yelp came along and I mean uh, you, you, your reviews have been just five star forever yeah you haven't messed up too bad yet no you haven't I mean uh, you're I believe your business model is a great one uh, basically in and out in an hour um, well it's highly focused a lot of shops there do a lot of things many things and that this tire gig is it's very focused it's just tires so it's a quick ballet and you're in you're out and it's uh, done you're not chasing a lot of other threads sometimes problem threads on bikes well yes I mean um, most 
I mean, nowadays you go to a shop, I mean, a dealership especially, I mean, you're looking at two weeks before you get something out in a lot of, a lot of special, you know, uh, higher end, uh, you know, uh, bikes. Uh, you've always been get in and out and, uh, you know, um, the shop where I work at, uh, Tokyo Moto, plug, um, we pride ourselves on most times you bring in your bike in and get it out by five. You bring it in at nine, get it at five. So, I mean, most people are really happy to have it within a day. Uh, a lot of, again, a lot of places are, you know, you're looking at quite some time. And as far as uh, your shop, it's usually like uh, bring it in at 10, pick it up at uh, 11, 15, 11.30. I, I try to do one-hour appointments. And uh, when bikes come into a full-service shop, there might be lots of other little things going on that stretch out the time. With tires, we kind of know going in, it's usually 25 minutes per wheel. And that's it. So it's that's easy it. to predict the timing. I can spot other issues or concerns with bikes when I'm looking at them, and I'll point those out. But generally, I just focus on the tire, so the uh, the timing works out real good. It's easy to predict how long things will take. Exactly. Um, like you said, I mean, you have a very specialized uh, skill, and you let everyone know that that's exactly what you're doing. And um, uh, I, I've known Robbie Motor Tire Guy for you know a very long time since since he's been open really, and um, I myself at one time had a uh, independent business, uh, Tori Mori Moto, and Robbie said, uh, Alex, you know again uh, times where you're really out of a job, he noticed people needed brakes or chain and sprockets and such, you know again quick things I can do in an hour, and I was able to partner up with him. He was he was always nice to get me business. He'd see a customer. Come in and go Alex these people need breaks give me a call and, and you know I was able to do that and again you know uh, when we really uh, when we really were organized while they were doing tires I would be able to actually change their uh, their brake pads and such. tag team action exactly and, and you know the customer's super happy you know brakes whatever chain and sprockets you know in and out <laughs> well, it's and like a half. Formula One pit stop all these guys are <laughs> flying around your bike doing stuff it sure was and uh, in the old days you even had a beer for them yeah, that's under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right on, right on. And and you know, I gotta say, um, your service to the community, and uh, you have a very good reputation. And, and you know, uh, right now, Robbie, actually, this would be, I think, your fourth or fifth location. Gosh, uh, subterranean, then a home garage, and then another home garage, and then a big warehouse out by Bayshore and Toland, and now currently at the end of Revere Street and Hunters Point, and my favorite place, and um, I'm happy there. Yeah, you have a wonderful shop. After all these years, I mean, you finally have your really, you know, nicely set up professional. You, it's, it's a really nice. You have your own office. You have, you know, uh, yeah, facilities complete. Yeah, very nice. Know. I very got nice. my own beer fridge. Yeah. And what else in the back? You even have your own little crash pad with your video games. So that's really nice. You know, it's just always nice to just be able to sit back and relax in your own shop when things are quiet. So um, very much a congratulations on that. Boy, you've, you've been here a long time. And, and, you know, we appreciate your service for sure. And nowadays, I believe, um, uh, as far as if you're spotting anything, you're uh, sending them to MotoHub SF, which our, our, our pal Dima's working on certain bikes. So Yeah, I mean, uh, when I see things, 
things that I don't do, I'll send them uh, over to Tokyo Moto or Moto Hub SF. If it's something crazy, and I send them to Tokyo Moto, they love that stuff. <laughs> or even Casey Engineering out there, they'll do a lot of jobs that I mean they have the machinery to do, and they're they're able to tackle things. So, oh, Hanlon's Motorsports are another one that are really really great at working on bikes independently within time. You know, so we do have some really good shops here in the city as far as taking care of folks and uh, support them because I mean the every every year you know last year we lost four the year before we lost three I mean there's only a handful of shops left and if you guys want to keep on going out there to order your tires then bring them in you know that that that, that little money you're saving is actually putting the shop out of business and preventing me from getting a race so that really pisses me off guys so stop it yeah <laughs> I always try to tell people to get local stuff um, buy their helmets from a local shop where they can get professional help take the time to get fitted yeah that's instead of ordering it online well like you said i mean uh, the someone who's there who has knowledge uh, like fitting that type of thing you, you, you can never actually uh, you know ordering online you, you're not able to actually touch it feel it look at it you know half the sensation is the excitement right yeah. yeah yeah and then to get the real fit the tech support i mean there's some sometimes little things you need to know about that you might not automatically know exactly i mean uh that's the thing human dealing with humans i mean you get a little bit more everyone's you know a lot of these folks that are in you know in the, in the stores and such uh shops they've actually written they have years and years of knowledge they're they're able to actually you know let you know hey man this works better than that or you know that sucks i know uh robbie moto tire guy is renownedly known for actually telling the people exactly the way it is on their motorcycles <laughs> don't ever go there with a dirty motorcycle yeah, if you come to me with 10 psi in your tires you're gonna get the stink eye. exactly you know it's all about you know uh, informing our customers and such you know so, so that's a deal about going into your local places you know you're, you're able to get some really good advice good stories and such you know and yeah. meet people and during the program let's uh, maybe have a little tire tech talk uh, maybe in the second half yeah, for sure. Uh, let's take a break for a second, and we'll be right back and get into some tire tech talk or something. Cheers, guys.
back to Racers Alley, and uh, I'm your host, Alex Torres-Mori, and uh, we got Wade here as well as a co-host, and today we have uh, Evan Arkush, Evan Arkush, uh, Monkey Motor School. Oh, sorry, mate. Evan Arkush, okay. Monkey, Motor, Monkey Motor School, and uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy from uh, Robbie Motor Tire Guy. <laughs> Anyhow... Um, we're going to talk soon about uh, tires and such, but I just want to say, you know, we want to thank our sponsors, uh, Mutiny Radio, for having us uh, here in this great studio. You know, uh, they have a bunch of comedy shows. They have they have pretty much all day. You can just tune in on, on various types of uh, interesting shows. They cover pretty much everything. As far as uh, Subculture Racing's here, and thank you for being here as our, our co-host. Thank you for being here. And again, Tokyo Moto, which helps us out with uh, motorcycle parts and uh, gets us helping racing Bender's Bar and Grill uh, if you ever want a nice burger there's a great place to go and I believe tonight might be their 14th, 15th anniversary uh, they, they got something big shindig going down 15th anniversary for Mr. Evans says and uh, boy uh, they got an art show going down tonight and it's a great time to go so if you guys have time go down there for sure at Racers Alley here you know I mean basically our idea here is to uh, talk about anything motorcycling have a bunch of guests and uh, really have a good time and uh, in the future here we'll be able to have guests call in and ask uh, any type of question and uh, hopefully here in the future actually we will also have some Racers Alley t-shirts which are really really going to be bitching we do have a facebook website and uh soon we'll be able to get you some nice pictures out there so uh earlier we were mentioning tires and different type of tires so robbie why don't you go off with that uh tire club okay the first rule of tire club is check your tire pressures once a month yeah for sure the second rule of tire club is check your tire pressures damn it (laughs) all right 
Yeah, and it's crazy how uh, at our shop we do. You know, they they, they go either from zero pressure. We had a guy today on a on a, on a 650 B strom. He literally came in with 50 pounds front and rear. I mean, how do you do 50? And I, uh, you know, I went out and spoke to the gentleman, and he goes, uh, "Yeah, I had it 42, so I, uh, I had to go up." And I was like, "Dude, you know, it's like really want to do this." Printed on the side of the tire says "Max Pressure 42." And correct me if I'm wrong. That's not really what you want to do, right? Well, it depends on the weight of the bike. So the number you see on the side of motorcycle tires and car tires is the maximum pressure and you only use that for heavy weight loads like you drive a gold wing or a bmw r12 monster thing or a big heavy bike a harley davidson's then you might begin to use the max pressure listed on the sidewall short of that for most mid-range bikes it's you go down and like the middle 30s is kind of the sweet spot for most motorcycles 34 35 36 if you're carrying a passenger maybe 38 39 but save the max 42 for mr harley davidson or mr goldwing mainly the the the, the, the tours the heavy heavy 800 you know, pounds at least bikes yeah. yeah that type of thing and uh, uh nowadays i even hear uh, it's kind of crazy at the racetrack correct me if i'm wrong wait um boy they got these tires now have what like 16 pounds I'm not sure about 16, but 24, 19, 19 yeah, There's, the new slicks and stuff. To keep in mind, those are special construction tires, not your everyday tires yeah. that you and I get. Yeah, they're the built. Track only. They're built to run at 19 psi. They're just built differently. It's That's not, just crazy, right, crazy t- talk right there. I mean, uh, that, how could a 19 pound tire get you going through a 170 mile an hour? Because it's really yeah. stiff. Norm- normally, that would be for like mud. And yeah, a dirt ride. bike, and, you know, that right. type of thing with knobbies going up a hill. But that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, Tire I guess. Tire construction's different. It's made for that. Technology has yeah. gotten a whole lot different. Right. I mean, uh, what we, well, what Wade would do on a, on a mile on his DTR1, those boys are just like doing on 600s now, I believe. They're just kind of sliding through the, the, through the turns. I mean, seems yeah. like, uh, they're just going crazy. <laughs> they're supposed to be sliding, but I think we're, we're tracking really. Most all the amateurs are pretty much tracking. You get little slides, but they're pretty minimal at 80 miles an hour. Yeah, you see the GP boys, though, and they just, like, it looks like they're almost on ice for a little Predictable bit. drift. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you call it? Predictable, Predictable yep. drift. Yeah, yep. it sounds so the, easy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They know where the line is. Wow. Yeah, so it's like uh, technology is different for, for anything. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, when Wade does the mile, I mean, you've been using a street tire on a DTR one. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's a big street bike. And super courses we used. Yeah, we're running the the short super courses. I cut them up, and they were dynamite. It lowered the bike. That's about all I can get away with, and it just works really good. Uh, when when you say lowered the bike, do you mean uh, put it down for more squat or? There's a, a shorter tire. I think it's a 60, and then there's a 70, whatever. I yeah, use uh, the shorter tire on the front. Yeah, like the, the shorter tire lowers the whole bike maybe a quarter inch or so. Yeah, and Robbie and uh, Wade actually have been uh, racing this year together, uh, actually doing the circle track and, and, and uh, flat track, and so um, that's how they're both. Yeah, third place on the XR650L, yeah. Third place on the XR650L, <laughs> which is uh, his, actually Robbie's daily, daily commuter. Daily driver. I yeah. love when you get a daily commuter and school everyone. It just makes it means a lot for the manufacturer who made the bike and uh, morale in I general like, uh, for the average Joe. I like when they come across the finish line and beep, beep the horn. Yeah, <laughs> You do that, Wade? 
played. <laughs> yeah, I, awesome. I was in the middle of a corner and found the horn with my knee. <laughs> so oh, look, it's got a horn. Well, I should use it, I guess. Uh, I wonder how the races around you felt. I was like, what's that guy? Clear out, move, move over, move over. Yeah, passing. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, you had the the the, the Rossos on the DTR one. If um, we mentioned this in our past shows, folks, uh, the DTR one is a. Uh, YZF R1, I believe, a 2005, maybe? Yeah, it's a 5. It's a 1,000cc uh, motor. Uh, it's basically an R1 set up to do the mile. Uh, you got to see this yeah. thing. It's, and dirt it's track. It's really beautiful. Yeah it's, yeah, it's set up to do mile dirt track. Yeah, dirt track with TKC80 on the rear and machine gun, everybody behind you with dirt. Yeah. All right, well, talking yeah. about tires, I mean, first <laughs> yeah. of all, the Rasa was a dirt tire. When he said he cut it, what you use is a tire groover. A tire groover is a kind of thing that... Uh, Kind of a lot of people. It's a, it's an older day school thing where you, you you're able to cut your tire and cut the old grooves. Yeah. You used to cut it with a razor blade. I was just gonna say. I bet you Wade did it with a razor blade. Oh, many times. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 cool. When I was with Wade, when he ran the uh, uh, KLX 650 a couple of a few years back. Yeah, uh, in 09. In 09, he ran the KLX 650. Jesus, that was so long ago. Anyway, he oh. he schooled everyone. They gave us a bunch of problems. That's a whole story for a different 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 show and um i was walking around the pits and you see these young guys with razor blades and they're just cutting into their knobbies and i thought that was really cool i offered him a tire groover and he looked at me and was like what no way i got a razor blade you know <laughs> <laughs> old, school. old school for sure uh so you used the the, the uh rossos uh and they they did well for you really good i'm i'm stuck on them uh, the bike works perfect. I'm gonna say with those with that combination. Yeah, and and as far as the combination, I mean, meaning that uh, blue groove. Because uh, you mentioned to me more than once, Wade, uh, when you go out there, you have like five different type of courses you go on, whether it be tarmac and then blue groove, and then sometimes it's like uh, where you have a pack, and sometimes it's where you yeah, a little so bit more tacky horse uh, track, believe, uh, dirt, which you were talking about your tires. Yeah, track. and they they this neighborhood district thirty six is usually a blue groove, which is hard pack. It's almost pavement. Uh, loose and dusty on the outsides but once in a while you get into a cushion which it was we we rode uh i rode hollister with that bike and according to the rules any street tire was legal so we bought this was a kc80 continental tkc80 it's a big block knobby that the adventure <laughs> adventure bikes use them yeah. yeah, it looks this is like a Darth an Vader of tires. Da, da, da. It, it was great. Uh, the, yes, the, the map said this, it said that. We showed up and we were late. Oops, and so we didn't get any practice. You don't need any practice. Now nah, I'm okay. So I just started on the back row. We'll we'll find out where it goes. And so we we come out of the first corner and down the back straightaway. And there's three of us left. We're battling it out and. And I just had a whole hundred extra horsepower, so I made sure I got there first. And and then I felt like somebody's dra trying to draft me. That, is, I think, is a dangerous thing to be doing. And I just had a <laughs> glorious old time. And and then I asked Eric, well, did, am, am I throwing a rooster doing anything? And he goes, I was in the wrong place. So I couldn't tell. 
And well, you can't see things flying out. Yeah, the and I didn't have sound. mirrors, but I was totally machine gunning those guys. Well, there's roost off a 60 horsepower dirt bike, and then there's roost off a 150 horsepower bike, and with a 180 roost, rear tire. Yeah, I don't know if roost right. is the right word for yeah. it. There's got to be a, uh, <laughs> a burying. Burying. You're burying people behind yeah. you. So death ray. When we were when we were at Santa Rosa, and I was riding the Hoosaberg, I met this couple that were at. Uh, Humboldt and said, oh, were you the guy, blah, 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 on the big bike, the R1, Godzilla? And I said, yeah. And we had this big old conversation. He goes, we really missed this year's event and those 30-foot rooster tails. <laughs> awesome. So, the, yeah, you definitely have fans. I mean, um, throughout the time, I got, I, I guess I got to say, Wade, you know, over the years, I mean, you started out with the the, the KLR 650 and then and you, you clean their clocks and, you know, uh, different story different time and then yeah. and then he came up with the dtr1 which is again it was like okay yeah. so we I, won't make fun of the klr yeah. but what the hell is he doing yeah, they, on this? Yeah, they, they yeah. laughed at me on the art on the on the klx they laughed but KLX, they, yes. and, they laughed. and i wanted to come i want to come back with a big bike they've been claiming they do 140 down a straightaway dot 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 for years i believed it i totally believed it i'm such a sucker i totally believed it I clocked them at 128. You are. The, okay. R, the R1 will do 135 on the rear wheel. I'm still trying to get to that 140. In, in, in uh, first or second, depending on what, tra- what course you're on and, uh, and the yeah. grip. The mile I run third gear, half mile I run second gear. Interesting. A uh, little tiny track's really dangerous, and I run first gear. First gear is so sensitive. Okay, so in the little tracks, you're not taking Robbie's X, uh, XR out or, uh, I believe, uh, the Hoosaberg The Hoosaberg. Um, you've had a couple of loner bikes as well. Yeah, Rob, Robbie got me a ride on this this Hoosaberg. And Thank you, Kevin Greenquist. Yes, Thanks, yes thank Kevin. you, Kevin. Uh, you ever need a lawyer because of Kevin Greenquist? <laughs> You're getting evicted. Uh, he'll actually just say, well, he'll throw you out. But uh, no, he's a, he's a dear pal. <laughs> just messing with yeah, you. Yeah, he's got a great Hoosaberg. Works really good. Um, I rode it a couple times. I got really close. Um, in Santa Rosa, I, I caught in the lead night. Oops, I Damn, I fell down. It needs a bigger track. Well, you know, yeah. falling down is part of racing weight, and even you can fall down. And as you mentioned yep. before, it's nice that the the other racing folks can get a chance to pass you and kind of win. That kind of proves that you're actually human, and they can actually you know go out and maybe kind of race with you without always looking at you funny. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I went and ran the the half mile at, at, at Stockton, and it's a blue groove, and so. I got a second place uh, photo finish my first time out. Photo finish with with the guy that's in in question at the moment. We'll, <laughs> we won't we won't mention that. Anyhow, I got a second, got a fourth, and and then this last time I got a, another fourth. And yeah, I said it was really good that a couple of those guys beat me on it to show that yeah, it's kind of, it can be beaten. That's not actually a half mile. It's a kind of a small track. That bike wants straightaways. If it finds a straightaway, it's gonna get by those guys. But it was it was dynamite to go out and play with everybody, see what it does, practice with it, and you know I just get better each time. Well, I mean that's racing. I mean uh, the AFM races were just this week, and I was hoping to talk to a few of them boys, but we'll have them here in the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, you know the thing is, I mean. 
it's nice when uh, again you don't have to dominate all the time and the folks feel like um, coming up to you and talking to you I think it's a warmer thing when everyone gets to participate you know it's, yep, it's exactly a, if you beat them all the time it's not not good well yeah, yeah you, you my dad always told me yeah you can't beat them all the time <laughs> oh come on some of the time come on you know it's like yeah it makes for boring things it's like having a shutout you don't want to shut out every game you want to you want to have a baseball game where yeah. they're spending you, and time. you want to see the battle out. there's got to be yeah. a battle somewhere exactly I mean, so like, we need our buddies out there to battle with you know and if they're not your buddy they should be they will be in a minute just go exactly. there and meet them yeah it's like uh, that's the thing I mean one thing about racing uh, you might be fucking competitors out there and you, you might go tooth and nail and you know RER or try to outbreak each other into a turn but when it comes to needing a part being in the pits or helping each other everyone's a brother everyone wants to see everyone wants to see everyone out there you could be number one and two and number one needs a part number two will give it to him i mean it's it's really a camaraderie out there and that other guy in the pits that you're competing against he might have that bottle opener you need exactly yeah you you always need an extra bottle opener out there (laughs) i borrowed batteries i borrowed all kinds of stuff all you know all through the years for whatever reason uh, this country, that country. I got a, a bike sponsored out of the the Isle, one out of um, Scotland, and and from friends that I met racing. Yeah, Just, you know, you're, you're out there, and uh, people, you know, um, vicariously they live through you, and people want to see you succeed. And I, I've been there, you know, at the Isle. I needed a certain part. Uh, I went down the promenade, left a note. I did get that part. It took, and if I didn't get that part, I would have been disqualified the next day, which happened to be in a stock exhaust. I had a Leo Vinci carbon fiber exhaust on the uh, 99R1, and I was racing the 2004 Alaman. I went through two practices, and uh, believe me, you know those boys are on top of everything over there. And uh, I came in, and it's like I knew if I went out the next day, I was going to be disqualified for having an aftermarket pipe. Wade and I went down to the promenade, which is always a wonderful place. Uh, you, Evan and, and Robbie, you guys are going to be out there with me or Wade in the next few years, being pit crew for sure, you know, and enjoy that scene. And uh, so, anyways, uh, as always, it, it, you know, I can't go 10 feet without someone go, Wade, you're, you're. So we sit there and we talk for a while and we jar, and the promenade's just a huge old circus, a bunch of friends, you know, and uh, yeah, they're all TT fans. All TT fans. And they're worldwide wide they're from everywhere and you got all these wonderful bikes and everything and uh so basically i was in a a position and uh had a you know had an exhaust and uh i needed to actually get a stock exhaust at the alaman for a 99 r1 pretty tall order what's wrong with that picture right and guess what happened well you know wade and i um after a point you know uh, like i said uh Wade's really famous over there and uh, the Mad Yank. So every every 10 feet, we go 10, stop for 20 minutes, take pictures and stuff. And even one of the guys, you know, it's it's a very, you know, it was very neat at the time. I was like, Wade goes, uh, yeah, what's up? And it was like, uh, yeah, this is my friend Alex. And he's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's running with me. And I was like, he's Australian or something. You must have balls this big. You know, so I thought that was kind of funny. You know, a lot of the people go to see us as racers. And, you know, I mean, in, in a sense, you're a superstar uh, if you're out there competing. And, uh, yeah, so long story short, you know, we're going down the promenade. Great, great times. Uh, many stories about that. And put note on the five R1s I saw. So there must have been 2,000 bikes out there. 
it happened to be 5R1. So I put a note, I'll trade you a carbon fiber uh, Remus exhaust, titanium carbon fiber, by the way, for your stock one. Yeah. So ended up the night. We had a great time. I forget at yeah. the pub. But boy, we stayed late at one of the pubs at, you know, one of the underground places. Met a whole bunch of Waits friends and had a great night eating and drinking. That was smugglers. Smugglers. I see you remember. <laughs> yeah. Turn the music up, turn up the fog machine, and yeah, jump around a lot. Oh, oh. The fog machine. Yeah. I mean, going over there, it's a whole a whole different world. And uh, so sure enough, the next That's day. That's after racing. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's always having fun there, actually. It's, 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 it's Speaking of fun, let's talk about wheeling Ninja 250s. I'm not done with the story yet. No. So, anyways. Uh, let's sit down and shut up, Robbie. <laughs> we still got another hour. We'll get back to that. So, uh, anyways. Is uh, it possible? Right? We, well, actually, we're yeah, you loan it out and you see what happens. All right. It's 648. Yeah, we got an hour, folks. So, anyways, uh, Wade and I ended up uh, uh, next morning. I'm sitting in my tent. I had a tent for the aisle, and Wade goes knock, knock, knock on my tent. And sure enough, there's a what is it, like Italian, maybe a couple of French guys. Anyways, no one spoke each other's language. It took five of us to get together to figure a lot out of sign language, sign language, and different languages. And they go pop, 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 a lot of pointing. And it's like, so I give you this, you take that. Yes, and sure enough, it's like, okay, I'll be right back. You know, he's getting a, geez, $600 pipe for a stock one. And um, sure enough, the next day I went to tech, Alex, you're pulled over. Well, it's like, yeah, you you got an aftermarket pipe. You're out of here. It's like, what? Look at that. Look at that. How'd that happen? It's all fucking even, Steven. So, yeah, got out of that that one. And it's like, yeah, we have a million stories like that over there at the aisle. So, let's go back to what Robbie was saying. Uh, how to wheelie a Ninja 250? Uh, I'm not uh, a wheelie master. How to Street Fighter a perfectly good Ninja 250? Are you asking me about the time the guy was, uh, he pulled at 12 o'clock? Well, this is what you teach in Monkey Moto School. What do you teach there? Oh, that, yeah. Well, apparently I do. I didn't know I did, but apparently I do. <laughs> he teaches the best. Actually, uh, Evan was here a couple of weeks ago, and we had a great interview about Monkey Moto School. And, and you know, it's like... Um, where I work at Tor- uh, Tokyo, uh, Tokyo Moto, Tori Mori Moto, that's a different thing. But um, boy, you know, get a lot of people coming in, RER, and I give this card out all the time. If you want to learn how to motor- ride a motorcycle proper, um, yes. And uh, he's the man to see uh, in, in very various ways. But uh, we, we did mention the 12 o'clock guy on the show where you had one guy just go, wah, wah. Yeah, he wasn't the most coordinated fellow. He was a young techie kid or something like that. He was having trouble getting started. Uh, It was middle of the second lesson when he started to get a little bit independent. So I went back down. I sat on the wall, and I looked down to check a message for a second, and I heard, I looked up, and it was at 12 (laughs) o'clock. Yeah, there's nothing like that sound going, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. The front end came back down. He just dropped it on its side, and... He was all right. He was freaked out. We 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 ended. So for those of you who say it can't be so done, it can be done. When you when you say we ended, I mean, um, are you saying like um, we all make mistakes? As a newbie, they did it. Okay, you need to go home. Think of, it was like my dear friend Tim Bisson always used to say uh, when he. Uh, 
had to say something about someone doing so, something wrong. He goes, you need to go home and think about something. You do. think about what you did and come back to me tomorrow. It was just like such a parental piece of advice that you was like, Arr! but I mean, it was so funny when he'd say that to certain folks I was working with. It was like, come back tomorrow, think about what you just did. And it was just like so basic, but I mean, it really has a sense of truth, right, Evan? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that follow-up question because it wasn't as simple as, yeah, you're done. Uh, we sat down, we talked about it. Yes. Uh, I definitely invited him back. I think he was a little bit freaked out, but I followed up with him and everything because it scared him. Um, well, it means a lot that you're inviting him back because he, it, you know, it means more like, it's like, okay, I made a mistake, but I didn't do anything drastic. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like necessarily, um, you know, he meant to do it. He, he messed up and... Uh, Everyone makes mistakes, and you're willing to teach him again, teacher, even after yeah. that. You well, know? The, you know, I don't want people who are going to be obnoxious and don't listen. But as Most a teacher, <laughs> as a teacher, I get a little bit like full of myself. I think that I can teach anybody how to do this. Well, that's where a teacher should be. I mean, a teacher teacher should be passionate. If you want to instruct someone, if you're in a if you're in a, a position of thor of authority, usually, I mean, um, it's for the good, not the evil, and you're trying to get the best out of a certain someone or help them. I mean, it's not about selfishness. It's not about ego. You know, you're really trying to help someone. And, and, and sensei. That's, that's a, you're trying to be a sensei. Yeah, exactly. If, if, some if of those people, people want to learn, right? Yeah, if exactly. people want to do it, I want to teach them. And what I love is the ones who... It's kind of the last ditch effort people. <laughs> the ones who are like, I, I learned from the school and got my license. I went out once. I dropped it. It's been sitting in the garage forever. I'm either going to sell the bike or... I found you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're kind of like a you're holy my last moly. Best hope. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna call you so. Evan the motorcycle rider whisperer. Or something. <laughs> we're we're gonna have to think Kurt. of an acronym here. <laughs> Please, oh, don't call me that, Alex. <laughs> we'll think of something cool, you know, like the Avengers or something. I'll oh, hold yeah. a contest. <laughs> right on, yeah, right yeah. on. That's great. So let's yeah. take a break here. We've been jarring for a while, and uh, hope you enjoy my one CD of Soundgarden yet again. And uh, talk to you soon.
Alrighty. You know, I want to say thanks to actually, you know, it's it's dear friends that make all the difference. We got Robbie, Evan, and uh, Wade here. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, you go back a long way. And uh, this culture here in San Francisco, it's, it's, it's a sad to say that, um, you know, uh, as years go by, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of folks are leaving and, uh, some to the East Bay, but the East Bay, East Boy Bays have their own, uh, their clan and shit. You know, I was going to the East Bay, you know, years before a lot of them boys were even born. But, uh, anyhow, um, if I move from here, it'll actually be in that area. And there's great Redwood road. There's actually the wall. I mean, there's a whole different lifestyle of motorcycling when you, when you, when you go across the pond, uh, interestingly enough, I mean, uh, San Francisco, a lot of the scene has left us and it's a really sad state of affairs. You know, I mean, uh, truly zeitgeist is now more of a bar for tourists than it is actually a motorcycle bar. And, uh, believe me, you know, I was there in the nineties. I've written about it. I could tell stories about it. I could write a book about it in a sense, you know, I mean, uh, it was definitely a, uh, 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 part of history in motorcycling just like city bike uh that just uh is now no longer in print i mean that's a part of history i mean it's uh you know every day we're losing a uh, certain respect in motorcycling throughout the bay area in a sense and in especially san francisco i mean uh, the, there's a lot less shops around and uh you know in a sense a lot of the customers are different uh a lot of them are uh in a sense uh more we're like um commuters more than motorcyclists and and, and you know I'm, I'm gonna start working on trying to change that you know as far as people coming in the shop and stuff i'm gonna try to get people riding more not just a you know it's just a way here to back and work and stuff you know and part of the deal is if you're a motorcyclist you want to kind of invite other people you want to make the community thrive and uh, you know nowadays it, it, it turned into a certain sense of um isolationist you know it's it's no longer i, I see a lot of the younger generation not quite being as, as social as the old the old motorcyclist and i guarantee you nine out of ten of these folks here wouldn't be at zeitgeist in the 90s you know it's like, it's like straight as a fucking arrow nine out of ten of them not probably never been arrested you know that type of shit but uh you know it, it'd be nice if we can get a new community going where uh the younger generation takes a little bit more uh, uh you know active role and you know not necessarily buy everything on amazon and bring it into your shop to bring it you know get your five dollars uh, you know rebate and shit you know and um it just uh it just uh just just a thought from uh, Alex the producer here and uh, in a second we'll be back with the boys and talk about uh, probably something less bitchy right on right on
welcome back to Racers Alley, and we got Robbie Motor Tire Guy and Evan Monkey Motor School here, and we're having a great job just jarring and having old stories, you know. And uh, so uh, I gotta say, uh, currently, Evan, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're teaching your students on a, a lot of lighter motorcycles, like a, a 250-300? Yeah, we've got a Ninja 300, and we've got a Ninja 250, and uh, which I just bought off of um, Adam, who works at Bender's Bar. Our pal Adam, who's a <laughs> badass, is running an Aprilia 250 and everything in between. This Whole thing. different story, different time. Yeah, so... Um, you, you, you've always, in, 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 the, in the times you've run your business, you've had more up-to-date bikes, little bikes, like the 250s, and able to teach people because they have a better, uh, you know... Uh, uh, softer. Guess, well, softer, but I'm saying uh, sea height, is, I guess is the word or I'm looking height. for. Sure. Yeah, uh, and to finish your last question, uh, I've got a Nighthawk uh, 250, and I've got somebody, uh, Steph, from across the bay, who sometimes teaches with me. She's got a Rebel 250. So it's nice to have those nice. shorter seat bikes for people who are under 5'3". What about the uh, leader bike uh, training bikes? Those are for special people. Yeah, you don't really <laughs> want to train a person on a leader bike. I mean, uh, that's for when someone bets you outside a bar and it's like, you just like, oh, buy me a picture. I'll give you a Anyways, you do if you're no. really drunk and you live in a place where there's yeah. no liability. No, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, it's nice that you really do have the uh, lower uh, height, seat height cruisers as well as the, the sport bike. And um, I guess uh, also, I mean, I imagine uh, it's nice because, you know, uh, I've mentioned this before in writing as well as uh, uh, in the show, you know, uh, when you're a new rider, you have a perception of what you want to be, you know, whether it be a leather jacket, you know, saddlebags, cruiser, you know, glasses, half helmet, or you're just your racer or in between you're like, you know, they call them adventurers now, but back in the day we call them dual sport dudes, you know? So, I mean, everyone has a perception, I believe when they, when they start motorcycle riding and that's right. They, 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 they want to have a certain, it's a lifestyle. It's pretty funny because you can tell when somebody walks in the door what they're into. They either want to have that classic uh, Triumph-looking Steve McQueen bike or uh, they want to be a Power Ranger or a uh, modern yeah. rocker. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, um, when, when, when we were growing up, I mean, you, you did have the choices. I mean, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s. But nowadays, I mean, you really have choices. You have choices beyond choices. And that goes beyond like CCs. I mean, you can have every type of. Well, what are all the different groups? I mean, you have your uh, mods, rockers, your Triumph people, your uh, sport bike people. Oh, the Harleys. Your like moped yeah. army people. I mean, come on. Yeah. You've got the. Uh, the well, Grom people. Which one? <laughs> the Gromers. The Gromers. Well, I was just at the Molotovs the other day, and a bunch of the, um, they used to call them the creature, Creatures of the Loin Boys, but I mean, uh, nowadays, I don't know who they are, but yeah, a bevy of those guys came in, and the girls came in on the, on the, on the mopeds, I mean, which I was literally delivering papers on in 1978 as a boy. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different subcultures, and uh, I, 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 I'm going to have a few friends from the scooter community come in soon, and uh, 
and uh, from there, I will be able to. Uh, we'll have a great talk as far as the mods and the rockers go. Uh, Two stroke you know, army. Yeah, and, you know those those <laughs> folks take it really seriously. Thank you, Evan. Uh, they take it really seriously as far as uh, um, swarm and destroy. Well, I mean, they got really vintage Peugeots. You know, I mean, they have some really nice hard to pass, pass. hard to get parts. Yeah. They're not uh, easy. Well, it's and also they rip. You know, you get them two stroke fifty two two stroke. You know, scooters. You know, Valentino Rossi learned to uh, yeah. race on a scooter. So just that, just so you know, that sound yar, echoing yar. off the buildings downtown. You know, yeah, that bah, 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 sound, bah. all that smoke. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, <laughs> it's so we spectacle. had a swarm of them come in, in in front of Molotovs the other day, and it, it literally made me laugh out loud. because I mean. You know, they're alive. Uh, well, there, there's a bees and a buzz, but you know, the leader comes in and it's front of front of a uh, 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 Memphis Millie minis and um, great great barbecue joint. Anyways, there you are. He just comes in, pulls in front wheel first into the curb, right? And then you got all these buzzy bees, and they all kind of like really are buzzy swarm. bees. You yeah, know, rather in. than you have a biker thing where he goes out and the leader backs in and everyone backs in in uniform. These guys were just really a hodgepodge of such, like almost running into each other. Was, I literally laughed out loud reading my book. I mean, uh, but those guys are great, and I mean, they they. they they really love their things, and uh, they they do a lot of modifications. Uh, old days, uh, I remember. Uh, I'm over there at uh, shoot. I was living up in the Geary and Polk, I think. Uh, Polk Gulch. Yes, uh, I call it well the Tenderloin, but uh, yeah, Polk Gulch, fucking whitey people. The mulch. But uh, anyhow. Um, yeah, I'm leaving one day. I had my R1 and the next to me, and we're baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked right. I mean, it ain't Zeke Jack Paredes there. Zeke. Goddamn fucking uh, moped, right? At the time, I think he that's what he could ride. Uh, he's always been a resourceful, resourceful kind of guy. Speaking of which, we know people that have been busted down in rank where that's all they can ride. Exactly. More than once. So, boy, he goes, want to race Alex? They go, sure. We're just going up the hill on turn left and Gary. And it's like, that thing took out of here like a bat out of stink. And, you know, like, Later, he told me, he's like, board that thing out probably 80cc, and you got a little two straight 80cc fucking moped. It'll go. Yeah, I just got no weight, and yeah, it was a really neat actually to see that happen, and uh, yeah, pretty cool time. Yeah, so boys, what's up? Uh, we're gonna add uh, these little uh, two stroke bikes to the Monkey Moto School. Yeah, teach sure. people those for the people <laughs> that have lost their license. Uh, you, know, have, you know what we're gonna do? That's what Scoot is for. Uh, you no, know what? If it's a forty nine cc two stroke with pedals, you don't need a license, right? You know what I'll That's do what is like uh, everyone who has a Harley <laughs> or or tomorrow, you can go to Moto Tire Guy and get your tire changed yeah, for free. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Robbie. <laughs> Every Monday. <laughs> Every Monday, free Harley uh, tire. <laughs> my excuse is I have a sore Stop back. Picking on Evan. <laughs> Har- Harley Davidsons and sore backs are not a good combination. No, and we've talked about that. I mean, uh, Robbie's a professional in the industry, and, you know, I've worked around the industry for a whole time, and, you know, a lot of people don't appreciate, you know, the fact that the shops and the people in the shops have to deal with your actual motorcycle, and, you know, people go, oh, you are, it's like, well, a guy came in today with, like, a bulk of 1,800 or 2,000 or whatever, whatever them huge-ass things One of the 900-pound motorcycles. Well, uh, what do you call them? A land, land Land yacht. Land yachts. And it, they, a lot of people don't realize it. It, it takes a lot of work to actually physically move it takes a lot of physical space you know to actually work on them like you say it's it's a heavy heavy job and uh that being said 
you know, uh, there should be a little more appreciation in well, that particular respect. When you see you people know? doing Gymkhana on those things, That's it's pretty impressive. Oh, boy. And uh, that being said, uh, I was mentioning a couple of weeks ago, and uh, were either of you there to be yeah, able to see that show? Day. Explain. What happened? I was not, I was at work, and what did you see? Wow. Uh, Roland Sands and company and set up a uh, asphalt mini moto at uh, Pier 33. Three Red's Java House, and they had a short okay. eighth mile track for flat tracking. They had a police course with cones, and civilians could go up against the police against the cones and uh, see how they could do. And I don't know vendors and racing, and it was a great, great time. I hope they uh, do it again. How well did the civilians do against the cops? Uh, the cops are pretty doggone good. I mean, they get to practice day in and day out on those things. So there's a handful of civilians that can do what they do, but normally people will get their butt spanked. The, you don't want to get chased by a cop unless you, uh-huh. you know what you're on a cop on a bike unless you know what you're doing. Yeah, personally, I've always pulled over. I mean, yeah. it just unless I actually have like a well ET with me or something. Like he's got to go home. It's probably the only reason I'd actually outrun a cop. But uh, that being said, I mean, what were the civilians riding? Were the cops? Uh, I mean, uh, from what everything. I hear, there was everything. And yeah. um, I've seen this before, and I have a high respect. Uh, a lot of the uh, enforcement boys come into our shop at Tokyo Moto, another plug. And uh, a lot of those guys run the DRZ 400s. And I, I remember when that thing was nothing. They had like three or four of them. And now that's turned into rather a troop. And, it's a great you know, city bike. Yeah. It, and it is and it's um, mine and not a highway bike but a good city bike it's funny you know they they had original guys i remember seeing out there and okay gear and then it evolved i mean you look at those guys now they are all i'm sure they buy all their own gear but i mean they're set up proper and, and you know i've talked to those boys about their training routines and such and you know Stairs. they get the the ugliest of jobs by the way they're the ones who go in the park you know with all the needles and everything and all the tents and stuff they they're, they're the kind of like the cavalry what who has mean? to go in that's a great job yeah. roosting through the park on a drz who wouldn't Truly. want that job well who but then in the end you're the end what the the end of the trail is what you have to deal with and so they're kind of a you know they, they do a great job clearing out a lot of um uh just elements it's just they're just not really nice but uh, that being said i've heard about also the fact that they they get to train going up and down stairs right. they you know they get to do rural things and you know the original clan who started it are the folks that were actually now um how do you say uh uh, you know, it's it's evolved into uh, quite a program where they, you know, they they now have like twelve or so. I've seen them run out there, and uh, they, they they really do the good course. They they, they I really admire that job. I mean, uh, as I was younger, maybe I would actually apply for that thing. I mean, yeah. who, who who wouldn't mind getting paid riding on DOZ four hundred all yeah. day? And oh yeah, down, uh, Mo- Moto by the Bay. Hopefully, they made money. They'll do it again next year. Yeah, Moto by the Bay, and then so obviously they have all, all, all the bikes out there. And they had certain types of racing. Uh, Evan, what was your uh, particular impression? I really didn't go. I went for a second. I was going to meet some people and come back to Bender. So gotcha. I was working all weekend. Yeah, well, it's helpful as well. Sorry. So I actually didn't see it. You know, um, uh, you know, we even had a tent out there. But by the time I was able to go, it's just, uh, you know, for various reasons, I opted not to. But uh, a lot of my friends were out there. And they, they said they had a great time, great bands, that type well, of thing. To have something that fun, uh, that local, tell me how far you have to go for normal racing here was something happening in the city and it was great it's like we need more of this yeah for sure and uh, i believe they'll be back next year 
um, well, let's hope they'll be yeah, back next year. Crossed. You know, but uh, you know, as always, you know, the city's a you know a peculiar place, and times change. And uh, hopefully, they will be back. Because you know, uh, I've seen it. You take a full-on motorcycle, big Harley, or or such. My friend, my friend Manny, he used to work in the Mexican uh, Mexican force, police uh, force out there, and um, he actually trained on a uh, big bore Harley at the suicide shift, and. He, when we were mentioning it, it's like, yeah, you all have to do these courses where it's just insane to be able to do this on such a huge bike. And, and they, they do it gracefully. That's you have to be in full control of your machine. And obviously these guys are really, really good at what they do. <laughs> right. Very. Yeah. Right on, right on. So, uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, Go to a break for a second. Boy, we're just flying through time here. We'll be right back. Thank fellas. our sponsors. Yeah, thank you, our sponsors. Okay. So, well, actually, we got Molotovs, uh, always. Uh, they've got a great place to read. Martin is a very good man. He rides a really wonderful Harley. And also, we got one of our boys there who used to uh, work on BMWs hanging out. And then we got, of course, uh, Moto Hub. I mentioned Moto Monkey School. Uh, Evan Arkush is And here. you know the slogan uh, of Monkey Motor School. And AMA and AFM, uh, thank you guys for always taking care of us racing. And uh, Arma, of course. Wade was just there, had a great time. And uh, the turn workers are the really guys that we really want to thank. If it weren't for you guys, actually, there's no way we'd ever be able to race, you know? Thank you. Uh, thank you, turn workers. And uh, Rat Brothers Racing, if it weren't for him, actually, Alex would not be producing this. And uh, Yar. So uh, we'll be back shortly. And. Uh, Boy, those tacos smell really good, Wade. Seriously, arriba, arriba. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Dawn, you know me. I'm the dirt beneath your feet. I've seen 
welcome back to Racers Alley. Going over the crew, all our lists of our stories and stuff we did. Yeah, what a great time. What a great time. So, uh, anything happening up soon? Any 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 racing? Anything uh, going on, fellas? Mm, last flat track race, you want to take the XR out again? Uh, yeah, I got to <laughs> come up with a date. My dates are running over everything. XR's a winner. Um, um, um. I was trying to go out this weekend, um, but Barbara is now on the list. Barbara kind of, Motorsports Park. Yeah, kind yeah. of far away, Alabama. Alabama. I was going to ask. Ooh, Alabama. Uh, you Holy drive moly. there? <laughs> yeah, we're going to try to go there at, at wow. the end of the month, the first of the month. It's it's only about three weeks away. Holy moly, Alabama! So that would be three weeks away. We're in September. You're October. Isn't it really hot and humid? In the, in the hurricane season, yeah. Oh, that that's what that was last year. It'll never it'll never happen. <laughs> never <enough laughs> I've never been out there, but yeah, yeah. It's wow. gonna be gorgeous, like it always is. Uh, yeah. You plan on running sidecar? Uh, I've been trying to for years, and I almost got it there, and and and, and but no. I don't have the uh, where how to do that. Um, so anyhow, the plan is to take the Guzzi and see what we can do with that. Sweet. Yes. And um, that being said, uh, you got it through just Wait. recently. You just got it through its paces. Now you yeah. know what to do to get to the next yeah. run. So so we're now the Purple Gang, and we're making tracks, and we got to go beat those guys and show them that there's a goozy out there well barbara's a yes. long big track it should do better it's not, not that long. big i think there's a back straightaway there's a, like a double back straightaway it's going to be close but there's a lot of back and forth um it doesn't have a monster straightaway so i'll probably still be at a slight disadvantage but that's all right now um in particular yeah, unlike other bikes, we can't really change the sprockets front and rear. No, I mean, you're really, you're really on a shaft drive. There's not much you can do. No, there's three choices. Which are? I don't know. This, <laughs> this, this, <that laughs> the other one. Like, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but I was told there's three. We have the, the monster set that's good for 150 miles an hour. Yes. So the medium set should be right for the small tracks. Okay. We got to nice. go find all them parts and then make them fit because we had our stuff ground to, to fit to to center the rear wheel. Turns out the rear wheel is not exactly on center. Oops. Oh, okay. So you get that fixed. I mean, uh, ultimately, I mean, you really want to actually uh, do the uh, Manx GP. You want to take this to the Manx GP if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. the plan. But check this out. It was really nice. So we came up with this new decision. Because they've been struggling us so much on the entries, um, like we're full, and 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 so we're gonna be independent and ship either way. I told Rich today or the other day at um, my sponsor from Sportscraft. Anyhow, how Rich sponsor from Sportscraft. Yeah. So how about we do something different? So we're going to Phillip Island. I got you talked into it. We're gonna do that, and then at the same time. Let's bounce over and do a race in New Zealand. So we're going to try to ship a bike straight to New Zealand and just bounce over after Phillip Island. Will the bike get from New Zealand to Phillip Island in time? No, it's a totally different bike, totally different. The the Australian bike is on a carnet. It goes there. It comes back. You can't touch it. But because we're planning now, we'll straight up send a second bike to New Zealand. 
and ah, just preempt. Just, yeah, and no. just bounce over there. Well, they're, uh, most people don't do it. They're going to throw out the red carpet. We will be totally have a dynamite time. Well, here's what I'm saying right now as Racers Alley. I know all you billionaires are sitting out there wondering what you're going to do with your yacht. You know, uh, Wade's going to be racing in Australia, and he could use a ride to New Zealand. So if you're there at the time, we could use a lift. I mean, totally. Slow you know, boat to, slow yeah, boat to we'll, New Zealand. We'll take the yacht, yeah. uh, go to New Zealand. I, I hear they're kind of near. Am I wrong, Evan? Are they near the right place? Yeah, they're pretty close. They're pretty close. All right. So, yeah, uh, all you billionaires out there, we could use a ride in the future. We need sponsors. Uh, Billionaires, uh, please call. Well, not sponsors. We don't need your pack money. What we need (laughs) is a ride from Australia to New Zealand. That's all we need. Um, Yeah. Uh, So, let me know. Uh, Our number here is... uh, 415 Do that again. 415-550-0511. So all you billionaires, we do need a ride in Australia in the future when Wade goes Call to it go now. New Zealand. Yeah, yeah we're going to take the whole gang. We're going to take the whole gang. Like I said, I mean, there's going to be like at least, uh, with the exception of Robbie and Evan here, 17 people, you know, so we'll be fine. Wah, wah. Come on, guys. You're going. <laughs> we can dream. No, uh, truly. Uh, Wade and I, over the times, I mean, when I first met Wade, it was uh, back in uh, 97, I think, or 98. Anyhow, um, you know, he mentioned to me, uh, I was a, I was always, a, I guess, struggling privateer. And the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, he, he was the first one. He was such a girl. You know, you get sponsors, dude. I was like, what's that, dude? Used to be I always thought sponsors were like, okay, you got to go to like all these tire people, everything, everything. Pack else. money. But yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> and ended up being really, it's about the average Joe, you know. And um, that's where subculture came from, uh, at, at, you know, when we spoke. And since then, I mean, there's a lot to be said about just local people taking care of folks and uh, helping each other out. Somebody gets the truck, somebody gets the bike, somebody gets the gas. Always have easy up and the exactly. cooler, and let's get our asses out there. Yeah, and it's just you know people live vicariously to you, but through you, but they also want to see you succeed, and you know that goes along in many many different ways, and you know that's that's always a nice thing about our community, especially as motorcyclists. I mean, for the most part, you know we take care of each other, you know, and you know that being said, that, that that's a really really cool thing. Am I wrong? <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, that being said, um, Mutiny Radio here, you know, we're, we, you know, we're not non-profit. We're just barely surviving, and uh, we could always use your help. So, I mean, again, there's that number, 415-550-0511, and um, always call up talk to miss pamtastic she runs the show and uh from there you know it would be great to have contributions in the, in the future wade and i are uh, gonna do a, a deal here where we're gonna make some shirts and they're good they're gonna be out of this world right wade yep i don't know yep. i got paid i got paid at nachos right and nachos there you go <laughs> Yeah, Bribery. so in the future, you know, uh, Racers Alley, we're gonna we're gonna have a really nice shirt set up, and you know, uh, 
we want to make Mutiny Radio uh, a permanent thing. We'd like to have it all the time. I mean, she spends time with the community kids here. She spends time with a lot of folks learning how to be comedians. I mean, there's a lot of different type of shows, you know, LGBT, uh, medical cannabis. I mean, everyone who has a show in a slot here, you know, they're here for a reason. They're, they're trying to express, uh, you know, whether it be uh, feelings, whether it be uh, things good for people. Fun we're what they do. Make, exactly. It's, it's fun, but they're, they're also, I mean, we're here for a reason. I mean, there's no PBS anymore in a certain sense. And Meetney Radio is, you know, one of the last bastions here. And uh, if you can, always help out. I mean, I mean it's a huge deal, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that being said, 415-550-0511. If you call right now, you get a free toaster. Right? Yeah. No Bitcoin. No Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Barely Bitcoin went out the door. <laughs> so anyhow, any any boys got something to say? We're getting uh, have down. Fun. Uh, good night. Ride safe and check your tire pressures once a month. Exactly. And Robbie Moto Tire Guy, like I said, uh, you can find him uh, usually. Robbie Moto Tire Guy. Google him. And and the great thing is. Um, He'll get you in and out in an hour. And uh, you just talk. If, if the tires you, do wear out. They do wear out. And if, if you Dang have any questions. When the court's showing. Right? It's like, oh, yeah. We've yeah. always got good Yeah, so stories, when do right? they wear out exactly? Yeah, the court's showing. <laughs> yeah. And then you go some work. So, you know, talking about that, we still got a few minutes. All right, so we have Monkey Moto to plug. Well, no, hey, let's, Monkey Moto School. If he can teach monkeys to ride, he can teach you too. Yeah, you are. Well, That's it's actually. True. Um, Okay, so bad tire of the video. week. Had a guy come in. His sprockets were so worn out, he thought his clutch was gone because there was no teeth on his rear sprockets. Now, we've all seen this, That's right? That's what dentures are for. My bike's clutch is gone. I think chain's gone. I kept giving it gas. Boy, you know, you see that more than I once. I a new clutch. When the sprocket teeth are all yeah, gone. They're literally <laughs> all gone. Talk about chain How'd that happen? You know? Holy moly. And uh, I believe, Robbie, you just had some fascinating thing the other day where there was something sticking through a tire. Like a screwdriver? Or what do they call it? A yeah. nail punch or something nail like that? Punch. nail you punch. Nail punch. And it didn't just go into the tire. It went through the sidewall and through the tire and then out again. And the, the, the uh, punchline, it was, it was still holding air. It was such a tight seal. That's what wow. I was betting. <laughs> Amazing. Well, he said the pictures. I'm I'm showing the boys at work. It's like, I believe that held air. Because, you know, it's also, you know, it's got the, the edges where... It should technically. It's just Might like, have been on right. the smooth part, lucky because there's, yeah. there's knurled edges of the punch. Yeah, the knurled edges are the ones that graded it to actually be able to yeah, hold just a air. Sharp, sharp point, or the yeah. smooth parts were on the right spot. Who knows? Did I didn't keep... think that picture was real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I kid you. <laughs> Did you keep the punch? Uh, no. Or you give it to the dude. I uh, know it was still in the tire when it got recycled. Yeah, right. <laughs> watch that go through the tire recycling machine. Just <laughs> nail punches and they're just gonna go. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. That was a very uh, interesting one of the week. You know, uh, I've seen like, car t- uh, car keys and tires. I've seen you know everything in tire staples, uh, car keys. Uh, what else? A screwdriver. <laughs> well, we just had a guy come in and uh, brought in his dually, and sure enough, it was actually it was a it was a piece of metal, but goes. I'm a construction worker. We got those because I'm a carpenter. And our, they're shims. shims and yeah. so you know how everything falls out of a work truck. All, all the right. nails, all the staples. Yeah, razor blades. The city's God, full, of, full of everything that drops off construction tr- tr- trucks. And yeah. I see it every day. And, you know, as usual, if you buy a new set of tires, guess what you're doing? 
coming in in the first week to get a plug. You know, it was like just the worst luck. I went through a phase where I got about four nails and screws in my tires. Did you plug it? I, you know, I can't. You yeah, some of them I did. Well, some, some of them I, I got new tires. You know? tubes. I was over at yeah. Tokyo Moto like probably four times for new tires in a six-month period. Cause <laughs> I was teaching people how to ride down at the Alameda flea market like two days after uh, the flea market. You know, they tear everything apart. Yeah, so they pull everything down and the they still got nails lot. and screws in the, yeah. in the lot. Oh. You know, I take my telescoping magnet out there every week. <laughs> first first part of the week, I'm out there hunting yeah. for nails and screws. For a big-ass broom, sweep it like a fucking, you know, racetrack. I know. guarantee you, it saves me tires. Wow. No, for sure. I mean, well, all those folks are taking apart things. So they're, you know they're not cleaning up their wood screws to put together whatever their sales bins and tents are. You know, that's, that's all that. So you're just you find like 15 screws in yeah. one parking space. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I always check my parking lot because right. there's always something down there. <laughs> you are. So right on, right on. It's been a great show. And um, I have to say, like I said, Bender's is having a really nice uh, art opening tonight by Miss Jenner. And... Uh, just shows a little bit of regulars and such like that. And uh, this weekend, I don't think we have any racing going Auto on. GP for uh, Misano or is it M- Mis- Misano? Uh, Evan, LA? Evan, what's, where are they at? Yeah, Italy. Mazzano, yeah. Italy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'll be, I'll be so, over at the MC. But OGP, Mazzano, Italy. Um, we yeah. hope to be there. If you guys can crowdfund us or something to send us four tickets, that would be really nice. And a rental bike yeah. as well for each of us. Otherwise, we'll be at the SFMC, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be there. You know, it's uh, great. Uh, Mr. Rob, uh, Ace Cafe Rob. Uh, he always, always runs uh, the the uh, uh, GP races over at the San Francisco Motor Club Motorcycle Club, Anything and it's over racing. at seventeenth. Uh, 17th and Folsom? 17th and, 18th. 18th and Folsom. Ooh, and can I say, Rob is a great at. writer. Yes. Rob's a badass, actually. He's been around a long time, and you're you are, you know. He had a great bar, and, you know, he's, he's, he's been running the GPs for quite some time, I believe. It's yep. good stuff. Yeah. So uh, Thursdays, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, uh, Sundays at uh, whenever the GP racing is on, he'll be showing at the San Francisco Motorcycle Club. Four starting to seven. At like four. Four to seven. Four to seven. Yeah. And uh, if you've never been to that club, it's one of the most historic. fascinating historic. I mean, they're over 100 years old. They had a little uh, problem back then. They rebuilt the club, but you can't even, well, you can tell because the floors are just grand. And uh, it's always fascinating me is the pictures you have a hundred years full of pictures of bikers how long they've been in that location good question 40s 30s 40s uh 20s no 20s 30s don't know we're gonna have to get uh we're gonna have to get mr Uh, eric schiller it's like a field trip Shiller the Killer. Well, we'll get the Shiller the Killer in here. Uh, We've been mentioning that before. So, uh, you're a Shiller out there. We got our target on your back. You got to be in here and talk about the SFMC. (laughs) Going to Bellingham. You are. (laughs) All right, all right. So, enjoy the rest of the evening, guys. Uh, We're going to head on over to Bender's for the art show and let these boys get their show together after us. And uh, thank you very much for being our guest. And uh, thank you, Evan Arkush. Thank you, Robbie Motor Tire Guy. Thank you, Wade Boyd. And thank you, Alex Torres Mori, for uh, just being here. All right. Be safe, all. Rubber side down. Rubber side down. And support your local motorcycle stores, god damn it. Oh, you are.
Thank you for joining us at uh, Racers Alley, and we're going to be going on to the next show, and uh, enjoy your evening, guys. Cheers. All right, this is a great band called Leftover Crack.
morning. You're listening to Song and Bone at RadioValencia.fm. That was Todd Rundgren with the track Marlene from his Something Anything album. Uh, it's good to be back with you. Happy Sunday. It's a cold and foggy one here in San Francisco. Anyway, I've got a lot of great music packed into the next two hours, so without delay, let's listen. This is Casey Shea. Wake up, grab a brush and put a little makeup Hide the scars to fade away the shake-up Hide the scars to fade away the Why'd you leave the keys upon the table? You wanted to Here you go, create another fable You wanted to of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutinyradio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey, Mutineers, Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody.
Sports Magazine for free on iTunes. Unfortunately, the only weird part is because there's so many comedy shows at this station, we're actually under the free comedy section. My friends out at Mutiny Radio. Jester Cashcock here, giving you my love and regards as well as Moofy's over there. And you know, anytime I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Bamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10. They have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission, where you can laugh off your tushy every Friday for a mere $10. And $10, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with, so to wipe it off for is <laughs> in duty this. And if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, don't worry, don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer cottage on the mountain ridge for the kayaks. <laughs> Just go to podcast.pcrcollective.org or mutinyradio.fm podcasts and look for Comedy Clubhouse with a K. You can download it for free. But we'd love to see you every Friday, 8 to 10, down here at Mutiny Radio. Laugh off your tushy and save your life. Because you know what's better than laughter? Well, it's a cash cock, baby. <laughs> It's exactly what you think it is. Flat, black, plastic. 